This podcast is brought to you by DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants. You are listening to FNR Football Nation Radio. Hello there and welcome to Mondo Yulve here on FNR Football Nation Radio, your voice of football in Australia and right around the world. What a big show in store, of course. Another weekend, another Juventus. Three points taking care of Fiorentina in the league. We'll have you covered with a full recap of that and whatever else has happened across European football for Juventus in the last seven days. A big show in store, of course, hosted as always by Patrick Colacci and Julia Villa. Guys, uh, Another win, another three points, as I said. And given what's taken place at the weekend, the lead atop the Serie A table, now 11 points ahead of Inter and Napoli. But we'll start with the match itself. Of course, Fiorentina nil, Juventus three. I feel like a bit of a broken record, Pat, but uh, another near-perfect performance. Mm. And uh, I know the Fiorentina had that spell in the second half where they were the better team, but... Nonetheless, came away with a 3-0 result and um, not too much of a sweat broken, to be honest. Not at all. Julia, three goals on the night. Three, well, two unlikely goal scorers and an all-round very positive performance. Yeah, you know, it was a great game to watch. Definitely a, a determined, sort of a different UV that came out to play. But, you know, like I said last week, um, I didn't expect anything less than the Fiorentina side that we saw. Um, if it wasn't for the complete masterclass defensive game that our backline put on, Fiorentina would have capitalized on their chances, um, especially in the first 60 minutes of their possession. Um, specifically mentioning Chiellini and Decilio, the way they man-marked Simeone and Chiesa was perfect. Uh, not to mention all the key saves that Chesney made. Uh, not that he had to make a whole lot of them, but I think it was five shots on target that Fiorentina had, and they were just key saves that kept us in the game. Um, aside from that, offensively, we definitely provided what we had to do. Um, we weren't producing much going forward, but uh, and I wasn't overly impressed with the contribution of certain players. That being said, definitely happy for Benson Core to get the goal that he deserves, growing every game and take over that piano troll. Uh, even though he did make some mistakes at times, uh, it was great for him to play and to get that experience there. Good goal from Chiellini and uh, penalty well struck by Ronaldo, so... I think it was a good game for us, good fight, and definitely a good three points to take with us. We're normally very positive on the program, but you mentioned some you weren't pleased with. Start us there, Julie. Who who didn't you like on the night? Uh, honestly, it's, it's probably going to be a surprise for most, but I wasn't that impressed with Ronaldo's performance. I mean, we've seen week after week, and it may just be him playing every single game, but there was just something about the way that he was playing that, didn't strike me as a full-around contribution from him. I mean, yes, you know, he, he I know he took the defender with him when, on the, on Benton Core's goal, but aside from that, there wasn't a lot that I saw from him that I could essentially say was probably his, was probably his worst game of the season that I've seen so far. Um, there were some in the midfield. Quadrado was okay, um, but there was a little bit, defensively and offensively, especially with the wasteful um, shots on net and, and passes. Matuidi as well played okay, but uh, it was a quiet performance. Mandzukic looked a little bit off as well, but understandable considering he was playing midweek, and I just think that together offensively we weren't the way that we should have been. 
And just elaborating on Julia's point earlier that um, Fiorentina had a, a fair spell of possession and whatnot, uh, at the end of the game, Fiorentina actually had more shots than Juve, which is uh, crazy to think about considering Juve came away with a 3-0 win. But they did have a fair amount of shots. Not that they were totally effective. Uh, as Julia mentioned, um, De Chilio, he's marking on Chiesa. Simeone, which I know that he hasn't had the greatest season. He started well, but he hasn't really worked into the year. And Chiellini and Bonucci just completely nullified him. And Piazza came on. He's another one that uh, I think a lot of Fiorentina's players are sort of underdone at the moment. And Piazza came on, didn't really have much of an effect. So, uh, I mean, as much as it, uh, Juve have ha- had defended well, um, I think that uh, Fiorentina came into this game a little bit undone as well. Bentancur? He's very quickly emerging as one of the key players in this side, obviously getting his goal. The the stat is, what, 10th consecutive match he's played. A lot of football. How important is he as a as a positive performer going forward for this team? Obviously, Chan and Kadir, the injuries have continued. They're on the way back. They're on the road to recovery. But Benton Court's emergence this season, really taking his game to another level, I think it was well-deserved, the goal that he got in this one against Fiorentina. Absolutely. If there was one criticism of Bentancourt, it's probably um, his inability to score a lot of goals. You look at Juve in the past, especially early in our period of dominance around 2012-2013, we had a lot of goals coming from midfield with Marquisio. I remember scored a a career-high 12 goals or something at one point. Uh, Vidal used to score a lot of goals. Obviously, we had Pidlo from free kicks. So we had a massive threat coming from midfield and if there's one criticism of Bentancourt, it's probably that he doesn't score enough goals. And we saw against Fiorentina, he, he capped off that magnificent run with a nice finish. So that was a massive positive. And just his form overall was fantastic and really pleasing to see someone so young uh, force his way into the team. And, and he's really taken his opportunity with both hands with Kedira and Chan injured. He's forced Allegri to just continue playing him. We have, uh, Allegri's held credit to Allegri. He's had a lot of confidence in Bentancourt to keep him in the team, not change formation. Um, and even when he did change formation to, I think, a 4-4-2, Bentancourt still started. It was Matuidi, the guy that sat out. So uh, it helps that Allegri certainly has a lot of confidence in Bentancourt, and it's really showing in his play. And, Julia, for Allegri to to put the trust into Bentancourt, particularly without Pjanic in the lineup, that's... Obviously, have been very reliant on Pjanic and all of his quality that he brings, but another step forward for this midfield, Bentancourt and Matuidi. And they have been part of that trio, guys, who, of course, have played so much football recently with those two injuries to the German duo. Defensively, Julia, you mentioned, of course, the Schilio and Chiellini near masterclass performance, nullifying the impact of the Fiorentina attackers. I suppose the, the adaptability that Allegri now has to play plays in different positions and Obviously, Cuadrado starting back in an attacking role, Cancelo at left back. It's, it is very pleasing to see that there are multiple options in different positions on the park at this stage of the season. Yeah, of course. And I mean, especially with all the, the injuries thus far in the season, you know, with Emichano and um, Kidira, we also had, you know, Alexandro not on the very bright side there for that. Um, Spina Zola out for beginning of the season, you know, we had Bernadeschi injured. So I think that him being able to play, you know, Cancelo out on the, on the flank and DeShilio especially coming into this game and putting on such masterclass performances, even in the last two or three games, 
Bentoncourt going in for Pjanic especially was probably the most surprising that uh, I thought I'd see from Allegri. Um, and again, Cuadrado putting him in the middle, you know, it's, it's something that we have as a strength. And we even saw it against Fiorentina when we have guys like Bernadeschi and Douglas Costa coming off the bench. It's something that's so strong about uh, our squad. And I think that uh, with regards to Allegri's ability to shift players around, there's certainly uh, a lot of positives with it. I mean, we saw in the uh, on the weekend, we'll talk about it a bit more, but Teixilio was at right back, Cancelos uh, shifting to left back, which he has a couple of times this season and performed well. We've seen Cuadrado play at right back almost flawlessly. Um, he's been really good there. And uh, I think if there's one criticism with regards to that, perhaps Allegri doesn't do it enough because when he does, it seems to work really well. Uh, for example, Cuadrado, even starting in central midfield, played really well. And uh, the criticism, perhaps, you know, guys like Bernadeschi, who we've heard from Allegri in preseason, mentioned that could play in midfield. He hasn't. I know he's been injured, but, you know, when he was fit, he, he wasn't trialled in midfield. Mancini, the Italy coach, even mentioned that Bernadeschi could play in midfield, which we haven't seen. And... Um, you know, I guess that's the one criticism that Allegri doesn't do it enough. But um, you know, when he does, it just it works so well. Obviously, a very positive result, guys. Particularly after putting our four straight wins together without conceding a goal since that debacle against United in the Champions League, which we would like to forget quickly. But four straight wins, zero goals conceded in that time, starting to build some nice form. I mentioned the league, the lead atop of the table. Now, it's looking very, very positive. The balance now going forward is going to be interesting with, of course, the significant lead atop of the table, the Champions League knockout stages to come. How do you think Allegri juggles, just looking forward now, these next couple of months, Champions League football, one more round. How do you think Allegri juggles the squad? Does he go all out to continue to dominate Serie A, or is it now a nice opportunity to continue building the momentum but maybe just take the foot off a little knowing the lead atop of the table is so significant? Well, judging from the last few weeks, how we've had injuries in midfield and whatnot, and um, like I said, uh, Allegri hasn't, still hasn't chopped and changed as much in terms of formation and guys like Bernadeschi in midfield, bringing other guys you know, into different positions. I think that... Uh, Allegri's still going to go all out up until Christmas. And, you know, guys like Bentancur, Matuidi, Pjanic have played so much football, even though Juve were so uh, far ahead in their Champions League group in Serie A already eight points up until last week. Um, so I think that Allegri will still go all out and manage to um, look for maximum points. Yeah, you know, it's, it's something that I feel like he could still incorporate different players into different positions and still dominate. You know, we've seen that even defensively with players like Benatian Rugani coming off the bench, I mean, how do you not dominate with those players? Even even so putting Cuadrado into midfield with Bentoncourt and, and Matuidi and resting Pjanic, these are kinds of things that can dominate the Serie A, but also resting players for the Champions League stages. So I, I think that if as long as Allegri continues to do this with the switch, as Pat said. It could it could go to our benefit. Certainly looking forward to what's come. So as I said, four straight wins for Juventus. Fiorentina, unfortunately, now without a win in seven league fixtures. Plenty more still to come in the show. We'll look ahead to what else is taking place around Europe concerning Juventus. But before we do get to a break, guys, the votes from both of you from this 3-0 triumph in Florence. 
I've given three to Deshilio. Always feels good <laughs> to say that. Good man. Uh, I just thought that the way he um, was brought in and credit to Allegri, he started him at right back, had the confidence to put him against Chiesa, who's by far Fiorentina's biggest threat, and he just completely nullified him. Two to Bentancur, obviously the well-taken goal with Pjanic out of the team. Um, it's a massive gap in midfield, but he stood up and played really well. And uh, one to Chiellini, obviously with the clean sheet and a goal, which was a, a true captain's performance. Uh, three for me, I'm going to give to Chiellini. You know, I think he kept Fiorentina from making the mark all game, especially key players like Simeone. He attacked when it was crucial and he got a goal to add. Um, cleaned up defensive difficulties, made key tackles, and was, in my opinion, our best player on the pitch. Two, I'm going to give to Chesney, just because I, even though he didn't have that many saves to make, he made key saves that actually kept Fiorentina out of the game. And one, I'm going to give to DiCilio. It was a class performance that should go without saying. The way he marked Chiesa at every point on the pitch, it was just unbelievable. And we have an update, Pat. I don't think, Julia, I don't think Pat's too happy with that one vote to Gishilio, but we'll see if that impacts the leaderboard. Yeah. Uh, well, Ronaldo by far on top for me on 21 votes. Uh, Dybala second on 12, and then nine each to Alexandro, Cancelo, Mandzukic, and Bentancur now. Lovely. It's heating up. The results continue coming, and there's plenty more to look ahead to. Do stay tuned because we've got some well, some off-field rumours to come as well as a look ahead at what's coming up in the league this weekend as well as recapping what took place on Match Day 5 in the UEFA Champions League. Stay tuned. Plenty more still to come right here on Mondo Juve on FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome back to Mondo Juve here on FNR Football Nation Radio. We've recapped the stunning 3-0 win in Florence against Fiorentina. Easily done. There was a match, though, last week which took place in the UEFA Champions League, match day five, where Juve, of course, secured their progression, not winning the group yet due to the result in the other match, but certainly secured progression through the group. A 1-0 win against Valencia, of course, the last time these two sides met, it was the, the infamous red card to Ronaldo. It was still a win to the Bianconeri. But Mandzukic with the goal in this one, expertly created by Cristiano Ronaldo. And it finished 1-0, one of those four wins in, in succession, as I mentioned earlier in the show, with a clean sheet. Uh, another near-perfect performance, this one, particularly the first half. Chesney with... Well, one save for the match, basically, and it was on the stroke of halftime. A fine save indeed. But Juve won Valencia nil. Juve through to the round of 16, will confirm themselves as group winners with a win in the final game away to Young Boys. And Valencia, unfortunately, through to the Europa League as they'll certainly finish third. But again, another near-perfect performance. A pretty cruisy 1-0 overall. And, uh, I mean, aside from that Chesney save, which was just phenomenal, easily one of the best saves you'll see, um, it was just, I mean, that header was just rocketed at Chesney and the way he was able to keep it out was fantastic. And uh, I mean, who knows where the game could have gone if that had gone in. It was on the stroke of half time, and Valencia would have gone into half time with an undeserved 1-0 lead. But uh, mm. Juve, I mean, we won 1-0. It was pretty, pretty cruisy. It was pretty convincing 1-0. I mean, I mean, if there's any criticism, it's the fact that we couldn't get that second goal. 
And even though you are dominating at 1-0, like the Man United games, there's always a chance that the opposition gets a bit lucky on the other end. So, I mean, that's something we'll have to work on in future games where we, we find that second goal. Yeah, you know, I think that with the three points to secure a spot in the round of 16 and wanting to top the group, I just expected so much more than I saw. Um, we went out there the same kind of tired and lazy mentality of just wanting to win by one, and I think that's exactly what we did. You know, we didn't really manage to, to dominate the full game. We gave up at certain times, as we saw the, the ball against Chesney, and then with such an important game, it's it being crucial that we win, I just expected us to play a different way, more attack, more urgency. I don't think the midfield seemed to link up with the attack as well, and the attack just seemed a tiny bit out of sync. Um, again, credit to Valencia. They were organized with the way they set up the middle and at the back. I don't think it was the best display from us, but we did what we had to do to secure qualification. And, I mean... It seems that we we talk about it each week where Juve, look, we won, but we didn't play that well. It wasn't totally convincing or whatnot. And I think that's where we have to perhaps discuss uh, whether Allegri is the right man for the job and whether uh, his brand of football is totally progressive. And, uh, and he, I mean, I know he's taken us to two Champions League finals, but whether it's enough to get us that win because we seem to always come up with against a side like the Barca and Madrid that, have a bit more of an identity and uh, and know what they're looking to establish within a game rather than Allegri's sort of what appears to be a game-by-game game approach. And it's it doesn't totally work out sometimes. And, and that's where perhaps we need to look at the possibility of someone like a Zidane if Juve were to um, end the season not meeting expectation. Very unlikely that they won't meet some expectations this season, but we'll take the conversation there now because rumours have been circulating about the future of Zidane. It has been the case over the last couple of months. We saw tabloid reports out of the UK suggest he might be off to England to join Manchester United. We've seen the Juventus rumours come about as well. Early days still. Of course, Allegri could win everything this season, which could change people's tune. But just on that point, guys, you mentioned that there may be the need to entertain a new manager. Firstly, would Zidane be the right fit for this current group of Juventus players? And and secondly, is he the man who would be best suited to replacing Allegri, but then also progressing this Juventus side and taking them forward? It's tough because there's pros and cons to both. I'm someone that, you know... A lot of Italians love that defensive approach and love sort of defense first and worry about attack later. And I love that in Allegri where we are so stable and have been for so many years defensively. So I love that part of his game. But then you look at the offensive end and he doesn't seem to be getting the most out of his players. Um, I mean, Bernadeschi is a little underused. Dybala, I have no doubt, would be absolutely smashing in goals at another club around Europe. And, I mean, we'll talk about it a bit later, but Allegri mentioned that Dybala is a box, could be a box-to-box midfielder, which just sounds mm. a bit crazy mm. for someone of Dybala's qualities. But um, it all depends on where this season goes, whether Allegri meets expectation, which is 100% win the Champions League. We've made the final twice. We've brought in Ronaldo. Expectation is to win it. I know that it'd be a bit harsh to get there and to the final, say, and lose and then sack Allegri when he's got us to the final. But, look, he's got us there twice. We just have to win it now. It's that simple. And I think for someone like Allegri, if we were to lose the Champions League final or not win, um, 
even make the final, for example, I'm not sure how much motivation he'd have. He said he was a little burnt out after we lost the final in 2017. So I can imagine um, how he'd feel, you know, bringing in Ronaldo and not winning it this season. So I just think if there's the issue is this Juve team don't really have a an established brand of football and we're not totally convincing um, with what we want to do. It just seems like Allegri's approach is just to take things day by day, which can be a little hit and miss. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is something that fans can go either way about. You know, on the one hand, you have Allegri who continues to win, who gets the results, but he's that guy that doesn't always offer the right mentality to the squad. You know, we saw that against the second game uh, with Man United. Um, there's not always that sense of domination in games. And, with, and watching the one-goal win progressive approach that we take, it's, it's very tiring to watch. You know, you can argue that if he doesn't win the Champions League this year, is it is it his time? And I'm not sure if he can really answer that the right way. You know, yes, he plays frustrating football, but he gets the results in the end. Nonetheless, if the Champions League isn't ours this season, you could argue about giving him another year to develop more players and another system. But you can also argue that if he can't win with the squad, will he ever win us the Champions League? You know, then bringing in Ronaldo was a huge factor to this. Um, I like Allegri personally, but his style of Football can be a bit much, whereas Zidane offers a more offensive approach, and we know that. We've seen that. Um, but my only issue is that, will that take away from our defensive game that we've worked so hard at maintaining? And, and I mean, I know you've brought up, the, uh, Julie, I know you mentioned that um, perhaps Allegri does deserve a bit more time, but, uh, I mean, do you feel that, I mean, obviously over the last three years we haven't really seen um, our approach change and we've brought in so much more quality and nothing has changed in the sense that from an attacking standpoint, we're not really scoring as many goals. Um, Dybala's form has sort of just, uh, I mean, he. I, I feel that he should be scoring a lot more goals than he has. He's only scored two goals in Serie A and you can argue he's playing well from other um, areas and whatnot, but his goals doesn't really reflect someone of his talent, I feel like. Um but do you feel that Allegri does deserve another year if you weren't to meet expectation that he could get, um, say, the most out of these guys? The issue that I have is that, you know, that with them bringing in Ronaldo now, there's a lot of talk with a lot of different players. You know, you have rumors going around of Asensio and Isco and players like that. But, and, you know, that, that'll obviously strengthen our squad and bring a more offensive approach as well. But, I, the problem that I have mainly with Allegri is that it's even kind of the rotation and the way he kind of doesn't use players fully to their extent. I mean, you even saw it last season. Benson Core didn't play that many games. I think it was two games in total or something. And now he's playing every single game, primarily because we have injured uh, injured midfield. So, you know, and, th- and this is where he comes out, but we're wasting players like Rugani and... and even Bernadeschi, but I think that the more offensive players we bring in, the better it will get, but also you can also look at the fact that he might be wasting these offensive players just as he's wasted Dybala. Yeah, and I think I'd be, I love Allegri, but I'd be, I mean, I'm happy to give him more of a chance um, with regards to getting more out of these players and young players and incorporating him into the squad and guys like Bernadeschi, Dybala, getting more out of them. But if Bentancur were to 
be dropped um, over the next few weeks, not see as much football now that Chan's coming back. I, I like Chan, so I, I can understand that half-heartedly. But Kadira, for example, if Kadira's to find a way into the starting lineup, I'd be really asking questions of Allegri and just where he's he's looking to take this squad. Because, I mean, starting someone like Kadira over someone like Bentanko, who's thoroughly deserved this spot in the team, it, it just sends us back, in my opinion. Well, yeah, and we saw that a lot of times, too, with Marquezio last season, trying to, when we needed Marquezio, when we thought he would fit into the squad better, and Allegri just kept him on the bench time after time. So I think that that's a big flaw in Allegri's game. Certainly a lot to discuss, and one thing is for sure, the rumours will continue, but it will be interesting to see whether or not Allegri can deliver and what the future will hold. But some interesting talking points emerging there, of course, the use of Dybala, the use of some of those midfielders, but time will tell. And in the end, he'll be determined on his success. Just before we get to another break, the big news around football at the moment is, of course, well, we're not far away from it now, but the announcement of the Ballon d'Or. Now, of course, Cristiano Ronaldo's arrival at Juve has been key to the added pressure that has been placed on Allegri, as you both touched on. But this Ballon d'Or report saying that Modric will certainly win. Reports also saying that Ronaldo will snub the whole event and not attend. We have debated this across the network here for weeks. Your thoughts on who should win? Modric, again, the reported favourite to win, the reported winner already. But is Ronaldo, given what he did for Real Madrid, but also what he has done for Juventus, because keep in mind that the Ballon d'Or for the calendar year is exactly that. It's a calendar year. Now, mm. while there aren't any pieces of silverware to win in the first half of this season for Juventus, he's still broken almost every record there is to break. Mm. Uh, I mean, in July, say, I would have been, so say around the World Cup, I would have been pro Modric in this sense that took his team to a World Cup final, obviously had a fantastic World Cup, won the treble with Madrid and was uh, pretty decisive in their route to the final. So he he was just about the best midfielder in the world. Um, but since then, I mean, Ronaldo has had a fantastic season as well. There's, I mean, they're domestically fantastic, scored a hat-trick at the World Cup as well. Didn't take his team to the final, but still had a decent World Cup, scored a hat-trick. And since the World Cup, Modric has regressed a little bit. Uh, not that I watch Real Madrid too often, but just seeing uh, a lot of fan opinion and whatnot, doesn't seem that Modric is playing to the level he was last season. And obviously that's reflected in <clears throat> Madrid standing on the table and their form at the moment. They've they've had some pretty brutal losses and it seems that Modric isn't playing his best. Whereas Ronaldo has gone to another league Already scored a ton of goals, smashing records, pretty decisive in an already fantastic team. Um, and, I mean, a lot of people consider Juve the best team in the world at the moment, and he's our best player. So there's an argument to be made from both sides. I think, like I said, up until July, possibly Modric, but I'm starting to sway in the way of Ronaldo, just given the way his last few months have gone and um, his ability to uh, step into a new league, score a ton of goals and become decisive for an already fantastic team. Yeah, you know, I have to agree. It completely depends, but um, I think it's more based on opinion than any than anything. Um, you know, Modric definitely everything that he's done. He dominates the midfield, controls the game. Uh, is he the same player without Ronaldo? And I think that's the biggest talking point there. Whereas Ronaldo just 
has dominated at Juventus ever since he arrived. So it, Ronaldo isn't the type of guy to base his performances off of, you know, the reliance of other players where we've seen Modric with some surely poor performances so far this season. And you can argue that Madrid as a whole isn't playing their best football. But I don't think that that would be fair to say because Madrid is still that powerhouse, maybe not in La Liga right now, but in the Champions League for sure. And, and they still have big names at their club. And there were times last year, even this year so far, where Modric really hasn't been the best defender out there. And I know some people are going to disagree with that. And you have to look at things like stats and consistency. But when Ronaldo can walk into a league he's never played in with a surely strong defensive attribute to it, he still struggles but manages to break a lot of records. And it has to say something about the kind of player that he is. So I don't necessarily agree with giving the Ballon d'Or to Modric because I think Ronaldo deserves it more based off of what he's done and, and everything he's done this year. Well, we're not far away from the announcement, of course, Modric Ronaldo amongst the, the the ten finalists, but there will be three shortlisted finalists and then, of course, one winner. But we'll see who comes out on top. But again, the reports are suggesting that Luka Modric will be the victor. All right, we're off to our final break for the day. We'll look ahead to what's to come in Serie and the weeks ahead, but a big one next weekend. It's Juventus hosting Inter. That and plenty more to wrap up another edition of Mondo Juve right here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome back for the final time on the Juve here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Interesting time of football at the moment because Juve with that very healthy lead at the top. We're live at the moment, but Napoli, of course, still have to play in about or a tick under 24 hours from now, which could see the gap at the top just reduced very, very slightly. But looking ahead to what's to come, it's actually a very exciting fixture list ahead for the Bianconetti, of course, into this weekend. We'll preview that very shortly. Young boys in the Champions League, then Torino and then Roma. A very nice four games to have in the lead up to Christmas. Of course, the Italian Serie I think last season they changed the, the, the fixturing where they actually play now over the Christmas break. So there is a, a Christmas and well, pre-New Year's fixture and then they have their two weeks off to start the new year. So a lot of football to be played between now and the end of the year. Six fixtures for Juve before getting 2019 underway. But looking ahead to the weekend, Inter Milan at home, I know the advantage is already significant, 11 points over the Nerazzurri, 11 to Napoli as well with a game in hand. But surely a win in this one kills off the slimmest of hopes that Inter have in terms of running Juve down. Absolutely. I think Inter already killed off, to be honest. Uh, They've got... They had uh, Roma this morning where they dropped right. points, and then they've obviously got Juve next week. So this fortnight could be absolutely crucial in um, just, you know, killing them off completely. And obviously, uh, Juve won't take Inter lightly at home, especially given in 2012, uh, Inter were the side that, or maybe it was a bit later, mm. 2013 or 14, where Inter actually um, ended Juve's 49-game streak. We're just about to hit 50 and Inter right. beat us at home. So there's a bit of um, uh, payback there, I think, due still for Juve to, to get those wins against Inter at home whenever we do play them. And 
Um, they're always a side to watch out for, especially after that occasion where they managed to beat us. So um, I know that they're clearly inferior, but Juve obviously with a massive stretch of games themselves. Um, we want to continue to pick up points um, and take confidence, especially from that Fiorentina game where we beat them 3-0 away. Um, Fiorentina being a historic rival, another side that we even lost to there a couple of years ago. I remember Giuseppe Rossi scoring a hat-trick and just murdering us. Mm. So, um, yeah, we can take a lot of confidence from the Fiorentina game into Inter. Uh, obviously, no midweek distraction this week, so uh, the boys should be well-rested and um, ready to pick up the three points. Yeah, it's definitely a game that I think everybody's been waiting for. You know, Juventus got past Napoli, and now it's basically time to face our other threat in the Serie A. Um, I haven't really been convinced by Inter and their performances. I think that even despite their changes in gears from the first part of the season to climbing their way up the table, there's just something about them that doesn't strike me as the team to beat us. That being said, Inter always finds a way to cause trouble for us at Cardi always being the man to continuously score against us. Um, but, you know, I see a lot of holes in their game. I see it, like, times they're unorganized in the middle and defensively, and it showed today against Roma. And, uh, you know, that's where we need to take advantage. It won't be enough to just score one goal and sit back. We can't play like that. We know that. Allegri knows that. We saw it last season when they finally secured the win for us. Um, we know it won't be a clean game. Uh, there's no doubt going to be some sort of controversy, just like there was last season. And uh, that's why we need to solidify the win early and dominate for 90 minutes. And um, Julia mentioned Icardi, who obviously scores just about every time against us. Juve can take a lot of confidence from the fact that we have kept four clean sheets in a row, completely nullified the effect of... Um, uh, I know United, we conceded two, but Lukaku was just completely invisible. And then... Higuain against Milan obviously had the penalty save, didn't score, and we kept clean sheets against uh, Spal and Fiorentina. So a lot of confidence there going into this Inter game that um, guys like Bonucci and Chiellini can get the job done on Icardi. Certainly will be a good game. Obviously, a nice test for Juve. Well, one of the few tests that they will have. But, of course, Inter will also have an eye on the Champions League as well. So keep that in mind because Inter 2, match day 6 of the UEFA Champions League, and that's a match which they simply must win. So who knows what Inter turn up. Looking at some of the Italian clubs that, well, there are obviously four that have been playing in the Champions League. Juve, of course, going along very nicely. It is good to see with, I suppose, the resurgence of Inter, Roma doing what they did last season and Napoli as well being quite consistent. It's good to see collectively across the board that these Italian clubs are performing a lot better than they have previously in the Champions League. Overall, better for the competition, or despite the lead this season, but better for the quality of Italian football and obviously better for Juve going forward to have more competition domestically. Absolutely, and not that I hope for the best for Napoli and Inter in the Champions League, but uh, you can argue they've been a lot more competitive. Mm. I know that Inter sort of have a bit of a fight on their hands on the last match day, but they've been pretty good so far in the Champions League. Uh, Napoli, I don't understand how they haven't qualified. They've been fantastic in their group. And Roma, obviously, like you mentioned last season, did really well. So there's a lot more competition. And I think, to be honest, the fact that Juve had made the two finals has uh, motivated these teams to perform well. No doubt, Pat. I'm with you there 100%. I think it is healthy for the competition overall. Of course, the 
the Serie A were handed an additional qualification spot, mm. which they lost to the Bundesliga about five or six seasons ago. So, again, when we talk about progression of the competition as a whole, I do agree with you in that Juve's success in terms of making two finals in the last few seasons has certainly motivated the likes of Inter, Napoli, Roma. And, well, again, from a from a neutral perspective, hopefully Milan back to, to the top because mm. – it is healthy for the competition. And in turn, what that will do is it will attract big-name players to the competition, which is something that, of course, has been lacking in recent seasons. But, Julia, looking ahead, obviously, into this weekend, and then it's young boys and the other couple of big games to come, Torino and Roma. Again, we've discussed how Allegri will approach and attack these fixtures, but a massive opportunity to really end the year of 2018 off on a high. Yeah, you know, I mean, if we continue to play like we have, scoring the goals that we have, I think that we could pretty much close it out by Christmas. And I think that this is huge for us because, you know, with the competition that we had last year with Napoli being as close as they were, it's not even to send a message to, you know, teams like Napoli and Inter, but to the league that, you know, we can still be as consistent as we are. Um, and even in the Champions League as well, it's time to definitely focus on that for sure because, you know, we saw it last season, us beating Real Madrid but not advancing. I, I think this is something for for Allegri to really deal with now um, so that we can beat out the league and then focus on Champions League as, as a whole because, you know, we, we, we're not there yet in the sense that even if we do advance to the round of 16, there's not really a 100% guarantee that we will finish first. And I know we have young boys, but it's definitely still not something to take lightly um, because if Man United does win and we do either tie or lose, not that we should. Um, but, you know, second place is not something we want to deal with going into the round of 16. You know, we want to finish strong so that we do have somewhat of an easier draw to continue on into the Champions League. And uh, Allegri just has to progress with a, a sort of a different mentality. And I remember reading, if Juve do finish first and Napoli win their game, that some of the opponents that Juve would face are a lot less competitive than um, mm. some of those major European giants. So, uh, I mean, we, we certainly take a lot of form going to this stretch of games, four clean sheets, only one dropped game in Serie A. It's going to be tough to uh, maintain that level of motivation and have that same energy across this stretch of games against such tough opposition. You know, there's always a chance that Juve might be a bit flat in one of those games, having uh, obviously had so many marquee matchups in the space of two, three weeks. So there's always a chance that we could be on our off game on uh, one of those occasions. But I, I definitely think that this week, having no game midweek, will certainly help us uh, against Inter at home and then young boys away. Hopefully we can wrap up a result fairly early and not conserve too much energy for the uh, the next trip to, I think it's Torino, the first match. That's right, yep. Torino and then Roma. And, of course, we'll have you covered with all of the previews and reviews and all the news ahead of those fixtures. Guys, with a couple of minutes to go, of course, the other thing that's fast approaching is the January transfer window. Now, obviously something we'll discuss in a lot more depth in the weeks to come, but in a couple of words... Is there any necessity? Obviously, a lot of names have been rumoured and linked to the club, but is there any necessity to bring anyone in in January urgently? And if so, who? I think it's a bit similar to last season where January came around and we didn't really need to make a move. And I don't think we did in January last year. I don't remember us making a move. So 
uh, I think it's very similar to there where we're obviously we've got a big squad, pretty stacked in talent, not really a need to bring in anyone. Uh, if anything, perhaps a midfielder. I know that um, uh, a, a show favourite, Stefano Sturaro, has been rumoured to come back, but uh, I'm not too sure there's any need for that. I'm happy to just see Cuadrado, Bernadeschi or whoever rotated in midfield or even a two-man midfield rather than Sturaro come back. He's, he, you know, he's had his time at Juve. Uh, so if anything, perhaps um, sort of a mid-strength sort of guy that can come in and play a role in midfield, uh, almost like the Pada Win type from a few years ago. But other than that, I think we're pretty good. I mean, it, it's tough to say right now, but I just think that, you know, especially with the injuries that have hit us and the way that we're progressing through not only the Champions League, but the league, it, it, it's something that I feel we need to work on in the midfield. Um, I know it's kind of unrealistic to get like a Pogba in January, but even a player like a Ramsey or some, some central midfielder, because I feel that though, not even so much for injuries, but even the resting kind of aspect to it with, as we get more competitive throughout the Champions League, we're going to need a more central midfielder that can be just as competitive. And I understand that, you know, Benton Court is, rising and he's performing the way that he is but I feel as though we need that one guy in the middle that can solidify everything for us Plenty more to come on the January transfer window, no doubt about that but we have run out of time for today well done guys, as always very comprehensive very entertaining, we'll be back at the same time next week though to do it all over again, that's been Mondo Juve, hosted of course by Patrick Galacci and Julia Villa Hope you enjoyed the program. More to come, of course, after the weekend. Juventus to take on Inter, Ballon d'Or results and more. But join us again at the same time next week. Thanks for tuning in right here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Until next time, it's goodbye for now.